is, as Martin said, we're going to be thinking about this, this area of kindness. And I wonder, do you consider yourself to be a kind person? Hopefully, if you're, if you're sitting here today as a follower of Jesus, you do. Because according to the, the Galatians passage that we're looking at, kindness is, is one of these, these characteristics of the Holy Spirit that we should be growing in our lives. But I wonder how kind you really think you are. Uh, a study on, on people's perceptions of kindness carried out by a, a university in London found that 98% of the test group claimed that they were kinder than their questionnaire responses actually suggested about them. Now, I doubt that 98% of us are less kind than we imagine ourselves to be, but I reckon a fair crowd of us, and I definitely know that I think I'm probably a lot kinder than my attitudes, than my actions probably reveal. So I think this is an important aspect of the fruit of the Spirit uh, for us to be talking about today. And in some ways, kindness is a, is a hard one to talk about because I think we have a really false perception of it. We, we grew up and we're taught in our homes, our schools, even our churches, that it's really important to be kind. And we're given lots of simple examples that, that seem to suggest that being kind and being nice are the same thing. When, as we'll see later on, sometimes they're actually the complete opposite of each other. We very often reduce this idea of kindness to, to much less than the Bible says it is. Uh, as we'll see, the Bible tells us that kindness is the costly outworking of God's love for us and our love for others. And that true kindness attracts others to the source of that kindness, which is God at work in our lives. Kindness is not as simple as we've been led to believe, and it's, it's probably one of the most difficult aspects of the fruit of the Spirit to actually grow in our lives because true kindness almost always carries with it a cost. So let's have a look at this, this part of God's character that should be alive within us by His Spirit, and we'll see how He, he demonstrates it to us, uh, why it's important we live it out, and what that might look like in our lives. So first of all, we, we should be kind, uh, or we should recognize where kindness comes from. Kindness flows from love. If we have truly grasped something of the, the greatness of the love of God, that love that he has shown to us, and we remain in that love, as, as Jesus tells us to in John 15, then our response can, can really only be to fall deeper and deeper in love with God and to be shaped ever more by his Spirit into his likeness. Christoph, who was here a few weeks ago and he was chatting about love, um, he said a big part of that is, is that we should start to become more loving towards others. The love of God in our lives should make us more loving to others that we meet. We begin to, to share some of, of God's love for his creation in our own lives. It, it's interesting that patience and kindness Two of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit that are side by side in that passage are both actions that flow directly out of love. Paul shows us this in, in 1 Corinthians 13, that great passage on Christian love. When he begins to describe love in verse 6, he says, Love is patient, love is kind. If we truly love people, regardless of who they are or their attitude towards us, then we will show them 
that patience and that kindness. And if we don't, then that's perhaps a sign that we haven't truly grasped the magnitude of the great kindness that God has shown to us. Us who were in total rebellion against him, dead because of our own sin. And if that's the case, then maybe we need to spend some time reflecting again on who God is. Who we are because of our sinfulness and and all that he has done to make us right with him. To make us heirs to his kingdom with Christ. To adopt us as his very children. Children who now have the ear of the king. Our father God. So kindness, it flows out of our love for God and our love for others because of his great love for us. You see, in in all that God has done for us in creation, right through to redemption and, and restoration that he will bring, he has perfectly demonstrated to us what kindness really looks like. Let's have a look at that reading from Titus that's on your handout. It's Titus chapter 3 and it's verses 3 to 8. At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by grace, we might become heirs having hope, the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. I think that's an incredible little passage of scripture. And in it, 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 God shows us who are totally undeserving of his mercy because of, uh, he shows us his mercy because of his great kindness and love towards us because he put his love for us into action. We see this again in, in Romans 2 verse 4. Uh, Paul is explaining to his readers the, the judgment that we deserve because of our sin. And he says this, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Again, this shows us that kindness, the kindness and love that God has shown to us should be treasured and should lead us to respond to him in love. The Bible has countless examples of of God showing his incredible kindness to people and God's people living out that kindness into the lives of others. One of the biggest examples of this in the Old Testament that constantly demonstrates kindness to us is the one that we've just been looking at over the last number of weeks, that book of Ruth. In Ruth, we see this narrative where God shows kindness to his people and then his people live out that kindness in their lives. The first instance of kindness that we see in the book is in chapter 1 verse 8, where if you remember, Naomi is praying for the Lord's kindness to be shown to her daughters-in-law. 
And really, the, the rest of the story of the book of Ruth is God answering that prayer in the life of Ruth, showing his kindness and faithfulness to Ruth as she then works out that same kindness in the lives of those around her. We see Ruth show this, uh, this amazing self-sacrificial kindness to Naomi, her widowed mother-in-law, by refusing to go back to Moab, where as a young woman, she would still have had this, this great chance to find a husband amongst her own people. Instead, she chooses to remain with Naomi, who is now destitute, with no one to care for her. And Ruth makes that incredible declaration in, in chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there will I be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever more severely, if anything but death separates you and me. Ruth, to provide for Naomi, works as little more than a, a beggar, taking the grain that falls to the side during the harvest, as was commanded in Leviticus to help the poor. She sacrifices everything to show kindness and love towards her mother-in-law. But she isn't the only one in that story who demonstrates this godly trait of kindness. You see Boaz as well, this relative of Naomi, protecting Ruth, helping to feed her and Naomi. And in chapter 2, verse 11 to 13, he commends Ruth for the costly kindness that she's shown. As the story progresses, if you remember, we see more and more acts of kindness throughout it. Ruth asks Boaz to marry her, even though he is probably old enough to be her father. Boaz agrees to the marriage, making him the guardian redeemer of Naomi and Ruth's deceased family. Through Boaz, the family name and property of Elimelech, Naomi's deceased husband is going to be restored which is a costly thing for Boaz to do. So all in all, this book of Ruth is a story of kindness in action from beginning to end. Boaz and Ruth model the kindness of God. Both of them go beyond what's normal or expected in their culture. Both take considerable risks and they did so in order to show kindness to someone in dire need. Exactly like God. Let's not forget as well the place of this story in the, the big picture of redemption history. Ruth is the great, gra the great grandmother of King David, through, whom, who, through whose line we come to Jesus. The greatest act of kindness that God has ever shown to us. So kindness flows from our love, our love for God and others. It's a huge part of the character of God. And it's only because of God's kindness to us that he acted to send Jesus to be our redeemer, to make a way through his sacrifice for us to be brought into the family of God. And when we live out lives of kindness, we are living out the very character of God in our own lives. People will see our costly kindness and it will make them think about what the reason is behind it. They may come to see that we actually really believe this stuff, and it makes a difference to who we are and how we live. We go back to the, the passage from Titus. In verse 8 it says, This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things, that is, the kindness, the love, the mercy of God, so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent 
and profitable for everyone. The kindness we have been shown should lead us to acts of kindness or doing good because it's beneficial to all. Or as Jesus says in in Matthew chapter 5 verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Through our kindness to others, we are pointing them to God from whom our kindness comes. And the greatest example of this we've ever seen is in the life of Christ. Um, I meant to bring the little book that, so Christoph and I, when we did this series, we, we based it off uh, a book by a guy called Chris Wright, um, funny enough, called Becoming Like Jesus, uh, which is the title of our series. Uh, but he writes in that book, when he's talking about kindness, um, he writes about a friend of his who wants to write a book on the life of Jesus called A Theology of Interruptions. Because so many of the things that Jesus says and does in the Gospels happen when somebody interrupts him, when he's trying to do something else. When he's uh, on a journey, when he's visiting someone, when he's eating. Lots of what happens in the Gospel happens when someone comes and gets in the way of what Jesus is doing. Someone interrupts him. And how does Jesus respond to all of these interruptions? Not with irritation or dismissal but always with kindness and warmth. And we know that in many cases he showed this kindness to those that society had shunned and rejected. Stopping to help the woman who was bleeding while on his way to to heal a dying girl. Letting the children come to him when the disciples wanted to get on with their small group time. The woman who anointed his feet at a dinner party, offending the host of that party. Blind Bartimaeus, who interrupts Jesus in the middle of the most important journey of his life, that final journey to Jerusalem, to fulfill the greatest act of kindness the world had ever known. And yet, he still stops and shows kindness to this man. Jesus gives us an example of of someone who seemed to be on the lookout for interruptions, for opportunities to show kindness, and mercy towards others, always as a way to point them to and tell them about the kindness and grace of God. And as his followers, we are called to do the same. I wonder how good we are at that, at being aware of what's going on around us in our day-to-day lives. Do we go out each day with the intention of of living out Christ-like kindness to all of those we meet? On our journeys, do we leave time for God to be able to use us? Are we always in such a rush to get to our destination, to get to the next thing that we miss out on what God's maybe trying to do around us as we go? I know personally I'm, I'm woeful at this. I always leave at the last possible minute to get anywhere that I need to go. When I set out somewhere, I just want to, I just want to get there. There's no sense. It's not about the journey with me. It's about the destination. Um, If I'm walking somewhere, I'll be walking head down, earphones in, trying to get to where I'm going. Totally lost in my own thoughts. I definitely need to think more about how I can be looking out for opportunities to live live and grow this fruit of kindness in my life. Thinking about each interaction I have during the day rather than thinking about getting through the day. 
I need to keep my eyes and my ears open to the needs of those around me. And I wonder, do you feel the same way? So how can we show this, this kindness that we're called to, to others? Well, we need to remember that this is not something that we can do very well naturally. Some of us are better than others. But to be truly kind in the sense that the Bible talks about, it's a spiritual thing. It comes as with these other parts of the fruit from being filled with the Spirit of God. But like the other parts of the fruit, it needs to be nurtured and grown in our lives. It has to become a habit that grows to be a very part of our character as we develop our relationship with Christ and become more and more those new creations that he has called us to be. So as we go out from here today into the city, into our work, our commutes, our homes, our families, our friendship groups, what can we do to begin to cultivate a habit of kindness? You can start small by thinking of of people that you can thank along the way, people you can give a smile to or just a word of appreciation, the street sweeper, the, the lollipop person, your boss, sometimes maybe, a colleague. You can think about what you would do if you met somebody in need. You're trying to get finished up and work to go home, but a, but a colleague is, is really struggling with something. Or when you're out and about, a broken down car, a homeless person, someone who's maybe had a bit too much to drink and is struggling to get their way home. You can think about every conversation or meeting in work as an opportunity, as a new opportunity to show Christ-like kindness to someone. Are you prepared and are you looking for opportunities to show love through kindness to people everywhere that you go? Um, most of you know that I, I trained as a teacher, went to Strand Millis, and a girl that I went to Strand with, she was absolutely incredible at this. She never left her flat without a bottle of water and some food in her bag in case she met someone in need on the way to or from wherever we were going. And when she did, she would sit with them, she would chat with them, she would hear their story, and she would help them in whatever way she could. She was always helping and encouraging everyone else to get their assignments finished and their deadlines met. She sat with me one time to one o'clock in the morning. Um in the library at Strand to get me to finish doing something because I'm such a procrastinator that she sat and she went, I'm not leaving you until this is done. And she encouraged me to get stuff done. She was incredible. She once was 20 minutes late to a lecture and she came in covered from head to toe in dirt because she had stopped to help a 45-year-old doctor change his car tire uh, because he hadn't a clue what he was doing. She just lived out something of that kindness of Christ that kindness that Christ had shown to her and was always ready in those times, in those opportunities to share the reason for her kindness. Now, one thing we, we need to consider just as we, as we close off, when thinking about showing kindness to others is that difference between being nice and being kind. You see, being nice to people isn't necessarily biblical. Very often being nice is about feeling good about ourselves or trying to get other people to like us. We do things for other people, but usually things that don't cost us too much. But we really only do it because we want the benefits that it'll give to us. That we'll feel good. That we'll look good. And often it leads us to think that we're kinder and more moral than we really are. 
People who, who consider themselves to be good people or nice people are very often the people who feel like they don't really have any need for God in their lives or end up having a very superficial relationship with them because really it's, it's all about them. Jesus wasn't always nice, but he was always kind. We think of how he spoke to the Pharisees, the harsh tone he used, the harsh words he had for them at times. If Jesus was always nice, he would never have challenged the Pharisees. But in his kindness, he had to. Because they were walking down a path that would lead to death. And they were encouraging countless others to walk that path with them. The kindest thing that Jesus could do in that situation was to challenge them strongly so that they might find life in him. So rather than leave here and think, how can I be nice to others? Or even how can I be kind to others? What we really want to ask ourselves is, as we go about our daily lives, as we go back to our workplaces, is how can I be Christ-like in this moment? Because Christ always showed that costly kindness that is a big part of that character of our loving and merciful God. How can we be, as C.S. Lewis puts it, little Christs in every situation that we encounter? Knowing that the end result of kindness is that it draws people to Christ. Just as God's great kindness to us has drawn many of us back to him. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your great kindness to us. Lord, we thank you that in your love and your mercy and your kindness, you sent your son. You sent Jesus to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. You sent Jesus to to live amongst us, to show us how to live. But you sent Jesus primarily as that sacrifice to give up his life on the cross, to take our sin, to take the punishment for our sin, which we could never atone for by our own good works. Lord, we thank you for um, the example that we have of Christ, that costly kindness that he showed, that willingness to always be looking around for ways that he could be merciful and helpful to others, that great care that he showed, to others. And Lord, we pray that you, by your Spirit, would would come into our lives, that you would fill us with your Spirit, and that you would shape us, Lord, to be those kind people. Lord, that you would not make us nice, but that you would make us kind, that you would help us, Lord, to see opportunities where we we can show that kindness that you have shown to us in the lives of others, that they may see what we're doing, and they might ask, why are you doing this? And Lord, we pray that you help us, Lord, to point people back to the source of our kindness, um, to you and all that you have done for us. So Lord, we pray that as we we go from this place, you will go with us. Uh, Go into our workplaces, Lord. Go with us into our homes. Go with us into all the situations we face, Lord. And help us to always be, be mindful and to be looking out for ways that we can show the love and the kindness um, that you have shown to us. Amen. Amen.